<laughs> We've got a new chair, gentlemen. Look at this. Welcome back to Full Circus. My name is Tristan Sartorius, and yes, I am so happy to be here with you guys today. Look at that. There's something just so elegant about a sing-songy intro. It's it's the broadcast quality. It's like the sound of music, but for podcast openings. So, first and foremost, I want to look at you guys right in the eyes and tell you this. I am so thankful, genuinely and sincerely from the bottom of my heart, that so many of you have decided to keep on continuing to hop aboard this little train or sneaking into this little full circus tent. Um, you know, there weren't really tickets available, but you you found your way in and we're going to make a place for you nonetheless. So it is it is super nice because so many of you guys have been supportive and liking and sharing and commenting and just being a part. We're building a fun little community. Isn't that exciting? So I am. I'm so happy. I've talked to a lot of you guys. You're funny and I would consider you guys friends. For reals, okay? Because the first step to a friendship is just finding common ground, right? That's just a baseline. And the fact that you think I'm funny and I think I'm funny means that we mesh well. Like, the best the best friendship is one where you have the same humor. So it is it is a quality, quality relationship because not a lot of people get my humor, you know? It also doesn't hurt that we both love me some me. <laughs> but for real, you know, I... Never made this podcast with the intention of gaining any sort of traction or audience. It was just supposed to be a place for me to spew my most ridiculous and profound thoughts. A lot of podcasts rather tackle life's serious questions. You know, like, what do we do about world hunger? And it's not that that's not interesting to me. It's just that I think step one is to eat. <laughs> but, you know, my, my brain works on a whole other level. I'm off in my own little world, and I'm theorizing more about my life's biggest mysteries. Like, what kind of freaking conditioner is Bigfoot using? Okay, because we've been seeing him for decades, for centuries, and yet every time we get a photo, his hair's illustrious. It's long, and it's beautiful, man. What is it? I don't know. So that's really what I'm more interested in dialing in on, especially as an Italian dude. And I will not apologize for the kind of volume I have here today. You cut me, I bleed marinara. I just don't know what it is. Um, so I won't be ashamed. I can't put a hat on it. I can't comb it. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, he's uh, Italian, right? <laughs> you know what's funny about the Italian accent is that the more you exaggerate it, the more it just evolves into further nonsense of no enunciation. Hey, he's Italian. Oh, he's Italian. He's Italian. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Anyone have a problem? You had a problem. You don't like my husband, stink. That was Rocky Balboa yelling at Mickey from Rocky One. But yes, what I was saying is that I just like to be here and have fun. And I'm glad that you guys also enjoy this and we can have a fun time together because it's not a serious podcast, although sometimes we can and sometimes we're playing. I think people like to fit into one category. They debate whether it should be serious or playing. And I say they're not exclusive because I'm seriously playing here. So, yes, that is that's all I just want to address is how grateful I am. Look at all this all this gratefulness I hold within my hands. That's a lot. So, yeah, thank you guys and let's continue to have a sweet awesome show. So, I've been gone, man. 
I've been watching some dogs. I actually just got back from my brother's house. I was watching his dogs. There was nothing really great to note there, except that when I left, for some reason, I felt the need to write some paragraph to him. I wrote to, hey, just so you know, dogs are out, they're watered, they're fed, taking care of trash, clean, did all these chores. Like I listed all these things like a professional, like I just wanted to have some sort of elegance that he would see that and go, holy crap. I even signed it off. Hey, hope the dogs are to your liking. It's nice. And may you get home safely. And I thought that had a little pizzazz to it, but you could imagine my embarrassment when he got home and he sent me a photo back saying that all the chores that I was in the middle of doing, I apparently had left half done because I dimmed the lights to set the mood for the return that I guess I had forgotten about all the things I was trying to do. I was like, oh, they're hidden behind the counter. And I just left. And he's sold. He's like, hey, nice try, though. We appreciate the effort. But no. So <laughs> super embarrassing. So that was really all that happened at my brother's house. I actually spent the rest of my time watching someone else's dogs. And, you know, I never know whether or not I'm going to go back somewhere. I keep on saying this. Like, what's the secret? What is, what's the bar for dog sitting someone? This chair is pretty squeaky. So, anyways, yeah. You know, the problem with watching some of these people's dogs is that they want, like, full-on attention. I need my dog to have a three-mile walk three times a day, feed him, protect him from coyotes, play with him on top of that, and then house sit, get my packages, do all this, take care of the lights, be there. And there's just so much that goes into it that if I'm not being paid enough that it could be a full week's work, I can't be working like 24 hours here. I got to stay there and take care of him full thing. It's, it's, it's a lot. And a lot of people pay what it would cost just for a regular kennel. And if they're like, hey, he can't be alone. You got to be here the whole time. I was like, I can't. This isn't enough. I need to go and do other things. I need to go and make money. You know what I'm saying? So it is tricky. A lot of these people, they have so many dogs and they have so many requests that it just doesn't work out. My aunt pays me way more than I would need. And I actually enjoy doing hers. Don't tell her this, but I would do it for free. But you know, a lot of these people, their, their requests are just too high. So what I was going to say is that I might go back to this person's house because the dog was superb okay he was so easy and on top of that like they set it up like a hotel i got there and i walk into a nice ac controlled room lamps dimly lit with bottles of fiji water the show tv's already set up beds made i'm like okay okay we're starting off hot i don't even know if you need to pay me like this is just kind of a resort and they didn't request a ton of different things. Like the dog was super easy. I had to go walk. I watered some plants, took some package. It was, it was fine. And they also said I could leave so I could go and do other things. So if I'm not going to be paid enough to stay there full time, I at least need the opportunity to go and do whatever. So the house was nice. But before we get to that, I want to explain the inconvenience and rush I had in even getting to this place. So she requested I be there in the morning. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there at 8 a.m. She's like, okay, great, perfect. Now, immediately after that, I retracted my statement and said, does like 11 a.m. work for you? Because my dad had told me 
that there were some big windows that he was going to be getting for the apartment, blah, blah, blah. He said he wanted to go get them. I said, Dad, I should be there to go and get them. They're for, for my place. He said, listen, son, you don't need to go and be there. for. I, 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 I can go and get it. I'll, I'll tell you all wrong. I guess my dad's Falkhorn Leghorn. But he said, don't even worry about it. I can go get the windows. And I said, no, it's I, I should be there. I want to be there to help. He said, fine, all right. If you want to be there, you can go and get there. So we pack up and we journey early in the morning for hours on end to this place. And... I didn't really know what the situation was, but I'm just in a rush. I'm like, we got to go get there. We got to get right back. And we show up to this guy who's giving us free windows. He's Armenian. And it takes longer than we want to because he's talking, hey, I'm Armenian. You want to get the, wind the windows are for free. Well, and also, I want to show you a house. Yes, very, very busy. We're, we've been working on it for, for many, many years now. And I'm like, where, where am I? I don't know what the context is, where the window's stolen, whose house this was, what's happening. But I was like, I don't have a watch, but this is the gesture that I got to skedaddle. He wasn't picking up on that. Also, there's nothing better than not wearing a watch and doing this. It really just illustrates the fact that I need to go when you're like, oh, he's, he's, you know, I'm just miming it. Like, hey, I almost don't want to wear a watch just for that case. Like, if I wear a watch, I go like this and go, oh, he's just checking the time. But this is so nonsensical that someone's like, okay, all right, I get it. I get it. Go. So, anyways, we talked to the Armenian guy for a while. He wanted to help. We did. I, I can help you with the windows. You know, we got to get these things out. They're foolish. But uh, so I picked up the window by myself, didn't let him help. And I sliced my abdomen. It was rough. This was all before 10 a.m. I'm still rushing. I finally get back to the house and I can settle in with the dog. I go in. It's nice AC controlled. And finally, there's like a sense of peace. I'm like, OK, I'm beginning my week now. Then I get a text from my mother that says, hey, we're doing a graduation party. I'm like, Grad graduation? When? Who's when? She's like, oh, did I not tell you? Here's the thing about my family. There's so many of us that not every bit of information gets woven through our stories. So some people know about it. It doesn't always reach me. So I get a lot of messages like, okay, so you're going to want to be here around 4 o'clock? I'm like, beware. Where, where, where am I going? I'm not even at home. I'm watching someone's dogs. Like, oh, the graduation party is right now. So <laughs> I could not go. So I zip on over and spent some hours there and that was its own little experience it was nice because people said hey you look strong i said thank you so i eventually get back i'm like okay i'm starting my week of dog sitting now then i get another message my mom asks me when is it a convenient time to go and have dinner at my brother's new place and i say oh you know Usually, <laughs> I just answer, whatever works, whatever you guys want. But because I'd just been all around and about today, my answer was, let's do it Sunday at like 8 o'clock. And she's like, oh, I didn't think you were going to say anything. Doesn't matter. We're doing it Saturday. Bring it on. I'm like, no, I'm already, I'm burned out. So I don't even get to start the week again. I go back over to my brother's house. And it's just one of those things where... You don't always have a say. It's like I, I, I realize that the questions now that my mom asks, they're perfunctory. They're just out of cause. She's like, oh, this is just a courtesy. Whatever you say has no implication on what we actually do. But I want you to feel like you have a say. And now I know that if someone offers you what to do, just say whatever because they're going to pick what they want to do regardless. So <laughs> we go over to my brother's house. And he wanted to cook chicken and waffles. Very tasty, very delicious. However, it did get hectic at a point because his AC unit broke. 
I got there too early. I was wearing a shirt that just wasn't flattering. I wasn't feeling comfortable. So I felt the need to step outside because it was filled with people. There was no AC. He was cooking. I was like, it's too hot in here. I got I to gotta get some air, right? I step out into the back. I look back inside. I hear, oh, Joey, Joey. The oil that he was cooking lights up in flames. Like, holy crap, it was too hot in there before. Now I can't even be a part of this now. So everyone's like panicking. My dad's trying to fix the AC unit still. And then they're picking up the fire. Like, we don't know what to do. So they throw it on the ground and they try to stomp it out, but it's not going. So I was like, what do we do? What do we do? No wire. Don't, don't put water on an oil fire. So they're trying to lay towels on it, but the towels light back on fire. So they're trying to stomp it out, suffocate it. And eventually someone grabs it. It's burning in their hands. They bring it outside. It lashes my brother on the back of the tricep. He's burnt as well. And so it's just very hectic. Meanwhile, I deal well under pressure. So I'm just watching the whole thing. And I know that it's going to be out. There's just this fire. There's so much smoke. It's getting really terrible. But I have faith in my family. <laughs> so as I'm watching on the back of the deck, all oh, this chaos that ensues, I'm like, they got it under control. I turn around and I see an ice cream truck. I'm like, hey, ice cream! Not even worried about this whole fire situation. And I think that upset my sister-in-law a little bit because I wasn't taking the situation as dire as they wanted to. And you know what? We don't need more tension. That's just not who I am. I When I feel like something's going to be under control, and it was, point one for me, you know, I'm not going to react in a very hectic manner. Also, it's an apartment. There's already like 19 people. I'm not going to go back inside. Hey, what should I do with the fire? I already saw someone get burnt because they were in the way. No, thank you. So it was a whole debacle, man. And luckily the food wasn't burnt. So it was a nice Oh, dude, it was funny because there was a moment where my father and my brother, who both smoke, they run out of this smoke-filled apartment, sirens going off, there's fire blazing. It's like, <gasps> <coughs> like they had to smoke a cigarette to get more oxygen or something. And I just started laughing, dude. It was so funny. And, you know, I walked back in there after people had cleared out because I was fine with the smoke anyway. I always say that I think I would be a fine fireman because I work well under pressure. Um, for the most part, I do enjoy a nice summer toastiness, a nice heat, as long as I'm wearing comfortable clothing. And I've been secondhand smoking my whole life, so I've really got all, all the qualities to make a fantastic firefighter. So that was cool. And again, this was just all a huge slope in getting back to the house that I needed to start my week. Finally, I get back to the home. I rest, I put on my pajamas. I'm feeling I'm done with the day. I've, I've experienced graduation parties, Armenian salesmen, and a fire. My day's done at this point, you know? I'm, I've had my fill. So I rest into my little apartment with my Fiji water. I put on my pajama pants, and I get a text from my aunt because she lives in the neighborhood. She says, hey, we're on our way over. Do you mind if we stop and say hi? Now, I wasn't really interested in leaving the house again. Like I said, I was in my pajama pants, and I felt a little embarrassed, but, you know, what's, what's some PJs among relatives? So I go out there regardless, and I say, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? Also, my uncle, first thing he says to me is, hey, you've been working out. Your shoulders are looking huge. Yes, dude! That is huge. Let me tell you this much. A compliment that a guy gets on his body or face or whatever, he'll remember for a lifetime. And I just got one from the graduation party, so I'm riding on cloud nine. I remember someone complimented my ears for the first time in fourth grade. I remember when I was 16, someone complimented my eyebrows. I remember these instances. Guys don't get 
a ton of physical compliments. So rest assured, we keep them and we hold them tight. So I was very, very grateful. I forgot I was in my pajamas at that point. So I'm out there just talking to them, saying hi to their dogs and whatever. And the neighbor comes down off the hill and she's like, hey, Shannon, what's up? She starts talking to my aunt. Now, I'm still in my pajama pants. I didn't feel comfortable even saying hi to my family, but now there's public, okay? So they start talking. My aunt waves me over. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. This is gonna be a little embarrassing. I walk up there, I shake her hand, I introduce myself. The first thing I say is, I'm usually dressed better than this. I'm in my pajama pants, you know? I feel informal. But I wasn't ready for this. So they start talking and she's like, hey, my name is so-and-so. And she was like, oh, I'm sure that the lady put me on the emergency contact list because the house that I was watching, she has a whole paper of neighbors and whatever that she trusts that you can call in an emergency. And there's like four or five people in there. I didn't know how to tell her that she wasn't on the list. You know, I was like, oh, what's that? Sherbutsky? Sh what's uh, Yeah, no, I, th I think you're on the list. I'll have to... Check again, it's been a busy day, but yeah, I didn't have the heart to tell her. She didn't make the cut. You know, there were budget cuts. She didn't make the list of trustworthy neighbors. So already in an awkward situation. And, you know, again, dressed as informal as I could, I can't be the one to break someone's heart. So it's just an awkward situation, but I'm, I'm getting through it. And then her kids come down as well. So now I'm meeting the mom and the children. I'm still in my pajama pants. I'm feeling, I gotta go change. Are we gonna be like having dinner? Like what is, I don't know what the situation is here. I was, I was trying to just finally start my week here. So I'm talking to them. I'm still feeling embarrassed in front of these nine-year-old children. I think it's over. I think it can't get any worse. And lo and behold, the father comes traipsing on down the hill. I'm meeting a whole family of people in my pajama pants, dude. So I was so embarrassed, man. And here's the issue. Not only was it late and I felt like it was okay, but the lady was having her kids still work the yard. So meanwhile, the kids are still in the field and I'm just lazy outside in my PJs. And, you know, I'm not used to a place that has standards, okay? So normally I could go somewhere in my PJs because where I live, there's not a lot of standards, right? We don't, the bar isn't exceptionally high. I saw somebody, an old man, walking on the street with a, a bucket cap and short booty shorts, okay? Shirtless. And I thought, you know what? Not that bad. That's not a bad look for him. That's how low the standards are where I live. But you go here, this is a nice, richy, rich village. I felt informal. I felt out of place even for someone staying at someone else's house. It just kept getting worse and worse, man. It was just a whole situation, so eventually it all subsided and I got back inside and I locked the door and I turned off my phone. I wasn't going anywhere else. No more surprise visits, surprise dinners or graduation parties or Armenian pursuits. I needed to just kind of quit the day at this point. So actually from the rest of my stay there, I never put my pajama pants on again. I only slept in my shorts and I stayed ready. Quit on a meeting, cooked right anywhere we go. My aunt texted me last second. She's like, hey, would you like to come out to dinner with us? I was ready, okay? Normally I would have been in my pajama pants because it was later in the day, but I was like, no, bang! Got out the door and I got there. So you learn from your mistakes and I finally felt integrated into the neighborhood to be ready for any interaction at any point, I guess. <laughs> so it was just a lot. There was never ever 
a, a time that just sits still. There was always somewhere to go. Among all of those other things, I had to go to an acting shoot in the middle of the night. And I ruined my sleep schedule to go do that. We have the 4th of July. We have different dinners. I'm coming back and forth and going all around. And then my brother has a baby. Inconvenient for my time because I just want to sit still. But you know what? Congratulations! He has a child! I don't know if I should say his name or not. I don't know if they care. But I won't. I'll keep that close. But yes, I have a nephew, dude. I'm an uncle? Now... This is why I was prepping myself to answer all your guys' beautiful questions because I need to be ready to give advice. Okay, this kid is going to look up at me and say, hey, why does Bigfoot have such illustrious hair? And eventually I will get to the bottom of what kind of hair care products he uses. But yeah, it is interesting to, to be an uncle or have some sort of, you know, I don't know, some sort of parental authority or whatever title that is. I don't know if there's a group chat or some sort of convention that I go to so all the other uncles out there please contact me and tell me what I should be doing I don't know if there's a dress code so just trying to live up to the standards really <laughs> and as far as the commercial shoe goes I'm not going to talk about it now it comes out September 15th so look forward to that on the podcast I'll cover the story in full as a little teaser as we say in the show business but yeah I mean other than that I can say that it was just a rough drive Car was breaking down, middle of the night, foggy. It was really terrible, dude. And the 4th of July parade was cool, although there was this turd, okay? A turd of a child. It couldn't have been seven, eight years old. And he's holding a QR code, a big freaking billboard that you're scanning with your phone, get a free smoothie bowl, because that's where we're at. No longer do we give out little coupon physical tickets. So the problem with this is that he never turned my way. He kept walking straight, so everyone's like, hey, hey, please, please. See, so you didn't turn. Now I'm paying full price kid gosh dang it what is freedom if i can't get a coupon so it wasn't that big of a deal but independence day is always nice lots of fireworks we might hear some in the background of this episode it is cool when you're driving as much as i was going back and forth to place to place that there's always some sort of fireworks show so it's like oh little mid-drive entertainment watching them blow up on top of the tree line so on top of that, Sheets, dude, the gas station, they dropped their gas prices down to like 120, 170, something ridiculous like that. And you would not believe how desperate people were for a deal, dude. So I was making a joke about the coupon with the smooth thing, but people really love their discounts because I tried to go and look at it. I needed to fill up anyway. And it was a packed line filled out. People are not even in the parking lot. There's a huge line and it's wrapped around under the, I couldn't even drive up the street to it, dude. So now I was stuck in line and I'm trying to get out. I watched like four accidents happen. I was almost in two of them. People are driving into oncoming traffic. It was just bad immediately. When I got the chance, I peeled out of there. I was like, I don't care. There's nothing you could offer me. Dude, I'm so impatient regardless. There could have been a $200 smoothie bowl coupon there. I was like, screw that. I can't wait here any longer. Not only that, but people are just so reckless when they're in a rush, man. I don't know what it is where people just feel like, oh, now that I have to be somewhere, laws don't abide to me. I won't be the problem of anything. Just so rough, dude. <laughs> Sorry if you were one of those people that were out on the road and you were destroyed by some other lunatic behind the wheel. But next 4th of July, Stay home, okay? That is the secret. Go get a smoothie bowl and pay full price because it's better than trying to get a coupon and flagging down some inconsiderate turd. I think that's everything for the week, encapsulated as a whole. So let's tune into some questions. We had a few people submit to us, so it's actually going to be a combo pack. They're also very thematic towards the same 
topic. You'll see what I'm saying. First up, again, there's no theme song, but let me just say this. Welcome back to Silly Psychology and an Information with an Imbecile. I still don't have a name. Um, that's my next question. If you guys would like to submit names to the segment, write that in and we'll review them. We'll have a contest and we'll vote on them. But anyways, for right now, we have nothing. So, so number one, and actually I got a computer here. So now it's just a little bit easier to read because there's a little bit more verbiage here. And also these questions are not anonymous. Oh, I contacted them and thank you guys. You said we could share your names. That is always fun. Let's get into it. Now, these are related to episode 20, the topic of wedgies, which is where a lot of you people came from. So Gabe, referring to the wedgie master, me, myself, he asks, what about a natural wedgie when it just slides right in? How do we avoid this? Now, Gabe, I'm going to tell you this, man. A natural wedgie is a difficult one to deal with. You know, that's just nature's way of making you uncomfortable. And a lot of times you just got to deal with that. You don't want to pick it and be that guy who's just diggling around in there in public. So the best advice I can give you is to get one of those little car blockers, you know, in between your seat and your console so you don't drop your change down there. It's just like a little wedge. You put that in your butt, Dude, you've all of a sudden made a wall. A fortress. There's nothing that could penetrate. There's no, there's no give. So that is my advice to you, Gabe. I do want to counter onto the back of that because someone actually asked a similar question. This one comes from Nick. And Nick says, hey, Tristan, been watching you for a little bit, but I thought your last episode was funny. Well, thank you, Nick. So in order to stay on topic of underwear riding up, what type of underwear should I be wearing to avoid getting wedgies, both natural and from my friends? You mentioned 100% cotton white Hanes. Also, where do you buy your slim shirts? <laughs> oh, Nick, these are extra baggy. It is just the product of many push-ups. I'm kidding, of course. These are from Kohl's. <laughs> so if you want to dress up as Tristan Sartorius from Full Circus for Halloween, go to Kohl's and get your... Uh, whatever brand this is. <laughs> Anyways, avoiding wedgies, both natural and a friendly wedge. The best underwear for me, dude, this is something I've been doing ever since I played sports as a kid. You realize you can't wear any kind of natural, loose-fitting boxers. There's just too much fabric. You can't get your football pads on with anything less than a tight-fitting brief. So what I've been wearing are compression shorts, okay? So try Nike, Adidas, or, or whatever. But having a tight-fitting underwear, dude, it just keeps you locked down. There's no give, dude. It just rides the curvature of your butt cheeks ever so elegantly that you don't even have to worry about a natural wedgie anymore. Also, because they are so tightly fit to your body, there's nothing anyone's gonna do to try and pull. Like, someone would grab on that, but that's so stuck to you, it's like wearing a Kevlar diaper. That no, one, no one's pulling on that, man. They try and lift and sprain their wrist, right? So that's my number one advice to take care of your wedgies, both natural and friendly. You said I mentioned 100% cotton white Hanes. I would like to correct you just a little bit here. I did not say white, all right? Because all of my underwear, I try to opt for a darker hue because here's the deal, man. If somebody ever approaches you and says, hey, you got skid marks? Now, I don't know what kind of social circles you're rolling in that this question even pops up. But if it does, I want to be able to answer truthfully and sincerely that I don't know 
And I don't think so. But if you wear what you know for a fact, you got dirty beefy anes. So more than wedgie advice and just strict underwear advice, don't wear white, okay? So anyways, thank you, Nick, for your question. I hope that helps. Opt for some compression shorts and hopefully this can avoid wedgies and also skid marks. So thanks. <laughs> Lastly, we have a question from Harry. Now, Harry writes, hey, Tristan. Hey, Harry. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. I'm doing quite awesome. Longtime listener here with a funny follow-up question to your most recent podcast episode. Again, he's referring to episode 120. As a guy with two older brothers, I've been on the receiving end of my share of wedgies. It's not my best whistle, but a salute for our fallen soldier. Dude, being a younger sibling is the worst, man. Now, a lot of my wedgies were consensual, okay? I will admit that, but I was bullied in many other ruthless ways. When you have older brothers, they will pummel you. Survival is not always guaranteed. So, I'm here in the club. I'm here for help. Um, contact me if you need, because it is brutal. Let me tell you. And <laughs> it sounds like you know firsthand. So, anyways, as a self-proclaimed wedgie expert, thank you, Harry. I'd love to see a demonstration of your wedgie giving capabilities on the podcast, if only to get some revenge ideas for my older bros. Now, Harry, I don't have any guest here to actually wedgie, but I will give you some advice here. If you want to really strengthen your wedgie giving power, do more overhand curls like this. It'll strengthen the outside of the bicep, the microtracheodalus. I made that up. But <laughs> but it will strengthen this kind of lifting power that you could just grab and rip the waistband off somebody. So use that power for good or for revenge. Choose as you wish. But yes, I always say train with a purpose. And if you see yourself as some sort of wedgie avenger, go on and train and make that happen. So you also said, I think it'd be hilarious to make a tier list of the most common bullying tactics. What's the most diabolical technique between things like wedgies? Noogies, wet willies, titty twisters, swirlies, loogie danglers, and pink bellies. It's a little troubling how easy I was able to rattle those off now that I think about it. It sounds like you have been through it, Harry. And as a younger sibling, I relate. I may have gotten wedgies and swirlies consensually, but I was bullied to no end. Go listen to episode 100, and I actually talk all about how <laughs> I was abused. I, it was fine. It's all brotherly love. They, they mean it in care, somehow, or at least they like to think they do. So anyways, regardless, thanks for keeping me entertained with your podcast, and keep up the good work. Cheers, Harry. Thank you, Harry. Awesome question, and thank you for writing in and being a part of the full circus. So I did answer how to increase your wedgie giving capabilities, but as far as a tier list goes, from the seven you gave me, I would definitely place at the bottom of the list a noogie, okay? When someone just grabs you and they rub your freaking head so hard, man. Again, as a towelling with fluffy hair, I don't feel a thing, dude. This is like padding. If someone tried to give me a noogie, you just about lose your hand in my hair. You're like, is this, oh, oh, you know, it just kind of disappears. I don't ever feel it. So the noogie has never really affected me much. So that's going to be at the bottom of the list. Next, I would say a wet willy. Now, the wet willy is gross. I will not lie to you, but it's gross for both people. Somebody acts like they lick their finger and they stick it in your ear canal that they're winning. No, dude. I don't want to give somebody a wet willy. I'm going to lick my finger and collect earwax. And also, as kids, we barely wash our hands. So you look over your brothers, they're eating cheetah. Oh, 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 oh. A wet willy is disgusting. Also, if you really think about it, 
they're really just cleaning your ears in a gross manner. It's a spit shine, but it's a Whoa, I can hear better now. And meanwhile, they're stuck with all your earwax. So I would say <laughs> the Wet Willy is a losing battle for any bully. Next, I would say the loogie danglers, you know, where somebody kind of pins you down in either from their nose or they hawk it and bring it down the spit. This one can be gross if you don't have a tactical bully where the spit does drop. I found that one. It's pretty gross. And, you know, that's more of a concerning thing when I see my brothers or anyone do that. I'm like, where's all the phlegm coming from? <laughs> they must not have their health in order. So, you know, it is very tragic. I don't like a loogie dangler, but, you know, I would try to have a little compassion for whoever's doing that because that kind of phlegm just is not natural and you should have pity on whoever is producing such an element. Um, on top of that, dude, this is where it gets a little vile, dude. The titty twister, or as we would call them, purple nurples. Now, I was never a fan of this one. I don't like anybody torquing my flesh. And, you know, the best way to combat this, really, is, again, to kind of kickstart your training. You do a lot of push-ups and strengthen that chest muscle. Somebody goes to give you a purple nurple. They try to twist you up, man. They just about break a finger, man. Sprains. Like, you know, you could really injure somebody if you got some strong pecs. So <laughs> the best way to defend that really is just with some strength training, try and defend yourself as best you can. Make a plate of armor. And so on top of that, we have swirlies. Like I said, I've never had a non-consensual swirly. It was always out of my own interest and intrigue. But the best way to combat this, dude, is to really clean your toilets good. Okay, for a couple reasons. You start cleaning the toilet, it's nice, pristine. Someone dunks you in there upside down, you slick your hair back, no problem, like you just got out of the pool. That water, you could drink out of that. Forget about it, okay? So there bothered that you're so unfazed and also your mom is looking at you like you're the golden child always scrubbing all the toilets she starts getting mad at the older brothers because they're not helping out you're the golden boy and you got a free bath so that's the best way to combat the swirly so stay on top of that and really you just come out of it looking like the better child next i would say wedgies is on top of that they can be pretty rough even consensually it's still a bit painful i mean i gave you all the ways to deal with them but just the brutality of getting a wedgie unprepared, it just about splits you in two. So I would put that near the top of the list. So at number one of your most diabolical techniques that you gave me, I would have to say pink bellies, dude. If someone held you down, just beating on you, man. And my brothers, they were pitchers, okay? Baseball pitchers, they knew how to generate torque, man. So if they held me down and they were smacking any part of me, it was leaving welts, dude. <laughs> I don't have any great way to combat this, man. I think you just have to wear a winter coat and tuck that crap in, and hopefully they can't even give you one. <laughs> so Harry, that's the list that I would give you, but I would add a secret eighth option, the Indian rug burn, okay? And now I haven't seen this happen anywhere among playgrounds recently, but when I was growing up, when someone would just grab onto your flesh and rip it back and forth, dude. Especially, again, as an Italian, I had full arms of hair as a kid, and they would grab and they would rip it apart, dude. And there's no good way to deal with this either. It just gets worse. Really, just dealing with any of these, man, I would say is just prepping you for any type of adversity you will face further in your life. I would venture to say that younger siblings make the best Navy SEALs, okay? I want to see a statistic on that because they can deal with an insane and absurd amount of torture, right? Younger siblings are world-class Marines. 
Imagine you get abducted, you get tortured in war. The Germans come out as the questions will be answered or will give you the Indian rug burn. You laugh that crap off. <laughs> Do your best. I have three older brothers, Jack. You think I've been through this? You know, you can take on the freaking world. So what may feel like a weakness, Harry, I would say is your greatest superpower. And take that from another younger sibling. It is not easy. Again, I salute you. And may the odds be ever in your favor because it is rough. Thank you for your question and thank you for tuning into the show. Um, to everybody who submitted, I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for tuning into the show. Please keep submitting questions to the show. I love answering them. Contact me at Tristan Sartoris on any social media or at fullcircuspodcast at gmail.com. And I will respond to you guys with the utmost powers that Uncle Tristan possesses. <laughs> so, guys, that is all I have to talk about with you today. Thank you again for being here with me. Thank you for being on this journey and just, you know, being friends, right? We're just having a silly goose time. Honk, right? That's a goose for you, but it's a silly, whatever. Guys, thank you. I love you. I will see you in the next episode. Peace.